Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Mac has it. Mac driving. He's got Hayward behind. He gives it to Gordon. There's 30. A slam dunk, a two-hand rim rocker. And Gordon's got 30 points for the third straight game and first time in his NBA career. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 5th of December. Gordon Hayward's incredible play, where I was actually really wrong. I know, actually, stunning. I was really wrong on Friday about something. We'll break that down. Plus, we'll look at the Lakers with Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and a quick scan of what's going on around the NBA. Coming to you from Los Angeles, it's Locked On Jazz. Pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. So glad to be with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in this morning. Uh, hope you're well. Uh, this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz and all things jazz related. We bring it to you Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I've had a bunch of people come up to me recently and say, hey, you know, what? I really enjoy the network because I check out the other teams uh, before we play them. Which is interesting. I've actually done the same and has added a little bit to the broadcast. So Locked on Lakers, Harrison and Anthony do a good job. I did a extended interview with the Locked on Lakers guys. I will um, have you... I'm taking the last part of the interview where I kind of take over and ask about the Lakers. I'm throwing on the backside of this uh, for a nice little preview uh, for you. So hope you hope you like that. Today's show is brought to you by Jamalto. Uh, Dan and the crew at Jamalto are... Uh, going to help you keep your data protected. Protect the breach. That is uh, from Dan Spence and the crew at Jamalto. And Bet DSI, if you want to play the game, Bet DSI uh, is here for you. So I'll tell you more about those two. Let's get the show started like we always do with our pins across the world. And if you have not partaken yet, I've got some good ones recently. I appreciate those. It's a quick little email to me. Uh, in regards to how you became a Jazz fan, what the backstory is, uh, or an NBA fan. It doesn't have to be a Jazz fan. We, we allow other people inside our community, but I assume you like the Jazz at this point. And uh, as well, uh, a story uh, where you are that you're listening. So Jacob Peterson is today. And he says, place my pin in Sacramento, California. I come from a pedigree of jazz fans. I grew up during the heyday of Stockton Malone. So my favorite memories are watching the jazz games with Pepsi and popcorn. I'm now convinced my wife that this will make memories for me and our two-and-a-half-year-old son, making it necessary to watch all games. We moved from Utah to Sacramento in 1997. My friends were huge King fans as the Kings assembled their best team ever with Weber and Stojakovic and Bibby. My jazz teams were dominating the Kings in the first round of the playoffs to get eliminated. We're... Went from dominating the Kings in the first round of the playoffs to getting eliminated by the Kings in the first round of the playoffs over the first few years in Sacramento. Although I took a lot of grief, I remained a steadfast Jazz fan. In the 10 years of irrelevancy for the Kings, the Jazz built the Darren Williams team, then rebuilt the team. Even in our down years, I feel like we have a purpose and a direction making the poor season more palatable. 
Also, I hope we can keep Quinn here long-term. He's an excellent coach and bring a great culture from Dennis Lindsay. I'm working full-time, going to school a couple nights a week. The postcast, Empty the Nog in the Days podcast, keep me con- uh, conversational with my dad and brother about the games, and I don't get to see on League Pass. Still trying to temper my hopes a bit because if injuries could stifle the season, but at what point can I stop suppressing my hopes? Just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Now I need to get my son a jazz shirt. Do I buy Gobert, Hayward, or Hood? That's a great question. My daughter's deciding between Gordon, who's been super nice to her recently, and not anything outrageous, but he went out of his way to say hi to her when she was at the game the other day and made her day. Uh, Rudy, or Rudy, because she loves both of them. So we're in the same boat. You know, you can just buy both. Just go to fans, buy both. Just spend a bunch of money, you know. One's a pride jersey, one's a tank. I, I don't know. All right, let's get to our uh, tip off lead story of the day on tip-off. It's got to be Gordon. Uh, he is just a completely different player than he's been in years past. Uh, he has scored in 20 in all but three games. Uh, he had a little slump in the middle there shooting, which was bad. Uh, it was actually there were some reasons, so it was understandable. Uh, other than that, he opened the year scoring 20 in a row, five straight times, which he had never surpassed in his career. He's only done it once before in his career. Had the three-day blip. He's now scored 20 or more in seven straight games, which he's never done in his career. He has scored 30 uh, three times in a row. And the players who have done that in the NBA this year are the following. Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, and Steph Curry, and Gordon Hayward. If he goes to four, it's Russell, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. That's it. He, it's, you just don't score 30 in a row very often. And the only jazz players to ever do it, Utah jazz players to ever do it, are Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Carl Malone, Daryl Griffith, and Adrian Danley. So it's the elite of the elite. Ron Boone did it with the Utah Stars, by the way. So, and then the the thing about Gordon is that when he was scoring 20, I kept saying, what happens when he gets his shot? Well, he's got his shot right now. And so he scores 30, which is pretty awesome. Uh, His last three games, he's obviously through the roof. He's averaging 32 points, four rebounds, and seven assists. His last seven games, he's averaging 27 points, five rebounds, four assists, shooting 49% from the field, 47 from three, and 90 from the free throw line. Now, that's probably not the most sustainable rate of 47 from three. I don't. I just don't. I've never thought he's like a natural. He's not a Hornacek, or you know, he's not just because. You know, sometimes I think he gets labeled a shooter. I actually don't think he is a pure natural shooter, uh, particularly the way he ebbs and flows. Uh, last four games, he's gone to the free throw line forty-five times. So his off-season work of body strength, going up to two hundred thirty-five pounds, footwork, balance are suddenly all paying off. The flip side is that nobody's scoring on him. Danilo Gallinari just had no chance against Gordon the other night. He has had no chance in much of his career, but it's now it's particularly bad. I think he's 5 of 23 this year in the two games 
which guarded by Gordon. Or at least he was at one point. I think he ended up getting some buckets late in that flurry. But he was one of nine at one point. So we're just seeing a completely different player. He's one of eight players in the NBA who's going to the free throw line five times a game and shooting five threes. He's one of seven players in the game that's averaging 22-7-4. and four. Uh, they, They're all the elite of the game. Some of those guys have bigger numbers. They're 22s or 30s, and there's, you know, Westbrook and Harden, and some of these guys are on a different level. So he has elevated his work, his commitment has elevated this team. And what I think is nice for him this year, and I've mentioned it maybe on occasion and on our broadcast, is that he's not a natural leader. Gordon's not a guy who's going to talk a lot in the locker room. If he does, it's probably going to be unnatural. Just not who he is. But George Hill is that guy. And so George Hill's presence allows for Gordon Hayward to lead by example. In other words, when you hear Rodney Hood after the game say, Gordon Hayward is the hardest working guy I've ever seen. And, other, and Joe Ingles talks about the play and the time that Gordon has put in. And, and I'll try to see if I can get more about these stories. But the stories about this summer are, are that that lead to play like this. You know, 7.30, I think it was, every morning. Maybe it's going to turn out to be 8. We'll see when the story, you know, if I can really get people to tell me the truth. Walking into the jazz practice facility, spending the whole year in Salt Lake, bypassing the Olympics to become a better player. And he's doing it. You know, the bypassing the Olympics is really interesting. I've never heard Gordon say it. I think out of respect for the Olympics and his desire to be on the Olympic team again. But I know Gordon well enough that without him telling me, sure, the birth of his child was a large part of that decision. The Zika was a large part of that decision. The disturbance of his practice routine was a large part of that decision. And I'm only stemming this off that I know in years past, Gordon would work out in Indiana and the team would want him to come from Indiana to Santa Barbara to P3 and Gordon would grumble about how the plane flights would disturb his practice routine. That's to the level of detail this guy's going. That, wait a sec, but if I fly for a day, I lose two days and... I'll be fine, and, you know, he would then arrive and test out in incredible shape, proving that he was going to be fine. But I just know him well enough to know his level of dedication to the craft that I do think there's a possibility that part of the reason he bypassed the Olympics was, yes, the birth of his child, yes, Zika, was the lack of playing time and the instability to his training regimen were considerable concerns for him going into the season, and it's showing. He's just a terrific player right now, and he's dominant at times, which is cool to see. The, the, one of the reasons you become a season ticket holder or become a Jazz fan, I know a lot of people, it's just for wins. I got it. And we all, some reason, get self-worth out of wins. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's more fun to get on the play when you think you're going to go win. Uh, but there should be a great enjoyment also as a fan of watching this type of growth, watching this player go from this skinny little kid from Butler who Delonte West puts a wet willy in his ear, does not react to a physical marvel at 235 pounds, uh, father of two, just watching him grow up to who he is and weigh 
the being a committed athlete and a good human being and a good father uh it's it's really it's a wonderful it's a wonderful wonderful thing to watch and as a fan uh as someone close to it it's been quite enjoyable as a fan i would i would hope that you've you found great pleasure out of it as well uh today's show is brought to you by uh, Dan Spence and Jamalto. This is I've, I have found this. I've learned a lot about uh, data security, digital security through uh, Dan and Jamalto. I, I have found it really interesting. So I've you know I've read the same things you have about all this. If you're in the business, you know this. If you're not, um, so everyone's trying to protect against the breach. And Reports reveal that data breaches have increased 15% compared with the last six months of, of 2015 and the first six months of 2016. The number of compromised records in total breaches totaled $554 million, an increase of 31% from last year, halfway through. The, uh, so that not only are they breached, they're bigger. And then basically every, 41, every second, 41 records are being stolen. So what Dan and has explained to me, Dan Spence of, of Jamalto, is that where everybody was spending their money was basically the equivalent of trying to protect the perimeter and not allow the breach to happen. The The better model and what Jamalto is doing is you protect the actual breach. So, in other words, data is the new gold they're going after. Instead of trying to stop the perimeter, you're basically going to say, fine, I, you guys are too smart, you're too good, you're getting in, but we're going to encrypt our data, we're going to store and manage our keys, and we're going to control our user access in a way that while you get in, and maybe you breach. We can't prevent the breach. You're not getting our stuff. You're not getting our data. That's why Jamalto is the global leader in digital security, bringing, you know, working with wide range of technology companies, major, major companies in Utah, service to businesses, governments, organizations, protecting really, really important, important data. So give Dan a call. He'll explain it even better than I just did. But I found it really interesting. And they have a nice model, and it's working. It's why Jamalto is the is a world leader. 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. Dan Spence, Jamalto, nice locked on jazz listener. Uh, I blew it the other day. So there, there's a there's a minor area where I maybe didn't totally blow it, but I did. I blew I blew it a little bit. Um, so I got caught up in the data without really thinking about it through. So let me see if I can explain this. So we talked on Friday about the fact that the Jazz are 27th in the league now at allowing shots in the restricted area. That's not 35% of the shots are in the restricted area. We are 29th in allowing shots in the paint, 50% of all shots in the paint. The league average is 46. And I talked about this as a possible concern. And frankly, I then did some other work that I'll geek out with you on here of why it looked like such a concern after the Miami game. But let's walk through a little logic here that I screwed up. The Jazz are the third best team in the league at not allowing three-point shots. They're the number one team in the league at not allowing corner three shots. Okay, that's what we want. So the number one place for those who are new to this, the... The league average in shooting areas is really what we're dealing with a little bit here. So in the restricted area, teams are shooting 1.2 points per shot. 
Okay. In the paint overall, it's 1.08 points per shot. Ours is defense is better. In the mid-range, it's 0.8 points per shot. In the paint non-restricted area, it's 0.8 points per shot. The corner three is up to 1.14 points per shot. The league is shooting 38% on corner threes. And the above the break three is 1.04. So what you would like to do and what the Jazz have done is they're running people off the three-point line. They're running people off the above the break three-point and the corner three, right? So the Jazz are the third best team at preventing three-point shots from going up. Only 27.3 shots against us are threes. League average is 31%. Okay, so that's great. Now, here's where I blew it. If we're only allowing 27% of our shots as threes, there's 73% of the shots that have to go somewhere. Now, it would be nice if more of them were in the mid-range than getting all the way to the rim. Okay? But we're the third best defensive team overall in the NBA. And so it's working because we're the number one team in the league at defending the shots we're talking about. Where the league average is 1.2 points per shot at the rim in the restricted area because of Rudy and Jeff Withy and Derek Favors, teams are shooting 54% against us, so that's 1.08 points per shot. That's suddenly below a corner three. So we're running people off the corner three into Rudy intentionally. And so when I said we're allowing too many shots in that area, you know, at some point you have to allow a shot somewhere. Ideally, ideally, we would like to see our point guards get into the ball handler, force them off the three-point line, usually by trailing a pick and playing behind them, but then staying attached physically. Shelvin does this really well. Into the lane. And George Hill does it brilliantly. And then George Hill is so good that George gets back in front of the guy and you then prevent him from getting all the way to the rim. What's interesting is when George Hill plays, teams shoot 33% of their shots in the restricted area, compared to 37% when he doesn't. When George Hill plays, teams shoot 47.5% of their shots in the paint. Excuse me, 30.5, let's see where, um, 47.5% of his shots in the paint. When he doesn't, they shoot 54%. So, when George Hill's in the game, teams take 24% of their shots in the mid-range And when George Hill doesn't play, they only take 20. So the defensive scheme is working. And when George Hill plays, then some of these numbers are not as significant because he's so good defensively that what he's able to do is get in to the defender, get back in, get himself back in front of the defender a lot of times, and suddenly changes what the Jazz are. So when George Hill plays... If we're suddenly forcing 24% of our shots in the mid-range, which is true, this is actually, you know what, this is not necessarily when George is on the floor. This is just uh, games in which George plays. So just his presence. Well, then all of a sudden, we would be 24.4 is we're one of the best teams in the league at forcing mid-range shots. 
Orlando's 24.6. They're fifth in the league. Now, all of a sudden, you have the perfect defense. You're running people off the three-point line. You're running people off the corner three. You're forcing them in to Gobert, but George Hill's so good he gets back that they not only do they hesitate to not go after Gobert, but they get caught in the middle and they shoot the mid-range. Teams take 8% less of their field goal attempts in the restricted area when Rudy Gobert plays. Now, the one thing that's interesting is when Rudy's off the floor, 40% of our shots against us are in the restricted area because we're forcing guys off the lane and then or off the three-point line and then into the lane and those guys are getting uh, those guys are getting stopped uh, there. So that makes and and they're getting stopped before Rudy and when Rudy's on the floor they make it all the way. Does that make sense? So that's kind of where I screwed up. Uh, I was going to talk a bunch about the other. What else did I have today? On my notes here. Um, I was just going to. Uh, yeah, we'll just we're going to go to Anthony Irwin on locked on Lakers here in a second. Uh, Toronto's won six straight, by the way, and are on the verge of the number one offensive team in the NBA, uh, which is interesting because the Warriors. Offense so far this year has been the equivalent of, if at this point of the season, the best offense we've ever seen. Uh, not surprisingly, Toronto is nipping at their heels. Toronto, the, 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 the elite offenses in the NBA right now, the Warriors at 114.8, Toronto's at 113.8 points per 100 possession. Those two numbers are astronomically high. Houston is at 110.5. Cleveland's at 109.6. Clippers are at 109.6. Spurs are at 108.6. Blazers are 107.7. And the Jazz are at 107.5. We're the fourth best, eighth best offense in the NBA. Third best defense. Fourth best net rating. It's pretty interesting. Uh, the Warriors are on another planet. Uh, with some of their shooting and effective field goal percentage and and some some areas uh, of that sort uh Toronto though Toronto's differential is is the second best in the league and Cleveland's coasting I don't think there's any question on that but Toronto is seems to be playing a team possessed uh if you whether it's basketball or football if you want to get into the action you can do it with bet dsi betdsi.com has been in the business for over 20 years uh, they have great specials. You sign up and you get $10 for your free service if you use the promo code JAZZ10. Uh, 100% bonus on your first deposit. Customer service is something BetDSI prides itself on. Fast and easy payments of winnings. You've got hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. UFC, uh, you could have bet on the elections if you'd wanted to. Uh, you probably would have won a little bit. Uh, BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. So it's betdsi.com. If you haven't uh, played it before and you like to play, then check it out. And if you use the promo code JAZZ10, then you get $10 uh, bonus on your first uh, bet. They've also got some things that I like, like uh, I'm a horse racing guy. So I prefer that's my uh, that's my little Jones is the horse racing. Got to be a little careful with it. Stay away from it a little bit, to be honest with you. But uh, check it out. So betdsi.com. That's betdsi.com. Get there now. Use the promo code JAZZ10 to get your free wager and start winning today, hopefully, at BetDSI. 
All right, I sat down yesterday with Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers. Here's that conversation, and that will then wrap up Locked On Jazz today. I hope you enjoy it. That's actually a portion of the conversation. If you want to hear the whole conversation, uh, please go to Locked On Lakers. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been Locked On Jazz, brought to you by Jamalto and Dan Spence and all he's doing there, as well as Bet Diaz. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Jazz are home Tuesday, Warriors Thursday, Sacramento Saturday. You can get tickets at utahjazz.com. If you'd like to advertise on Locked On Jazz right before the Christmas holidays, We have a few spots still available, and our inventory is quite sold, but we have a few. Or if you want to jump in after the first of the year, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. We have an audience that is 98% male, 77 between the ages of 18 and 44, and 77% between the ages of 25 and 54. And very much love to have you be a part of the program. And uh, podcast listeners are showing to be 56% more likely to engage with a sponsor than other formats. All right, here is Anthony Irwin from Locked On Lakers. Let me take over for a second, if I may. Uh-huh. Let me ask you, big picture, what would you say the storylines around the Lakers are sitting here on December 4th, 20 games into an NBA season? Well, the storyline is, holy cow, Luke Walton might be better suited as the president of the United States. <laughs> this guy, he got Nick Young to play defense. He got Lou Williams to create for other players. He got... Julius Randle to be efficient so far. Now, if all these things, I you know, sustainability is is going to be the key word with the Lakers. I don't know if everything that we've seen so far is actually sustainable because everybody is producing above and beyond their own, you know, what anybody thought was was possible. So we'll see if everything kind of holds true. But if it does, Luke Walton is the coach of the year this year, and and uh, just for <laughs> in and of itself, just what he's done with Nick Young. He's resuscitated his career, and then uh, from there on, it's all about development. It's all about, you know, we need to see D'Angelo Russell get back onto a court. He's, he's going on missing a couple weeks. Please get healthy, and as soon as he gets healthy, you know, it would be nice to see him continue to develop alongside Julius Randle. And then uh, in the end, yeah, I mean, not just the, the main court. We've already talked about Ingram, and we've already talked about Randle, and we've talked about D'Angelo Russell, but they also have guys like Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr., they have this kid, Ivica Zubats, who's playing fairly well in the D-League right now that they that they drafted with a, another first-round pick, or no, it was a second-round pick last year. And the, some people were calling him lottery talent. Um, so it's just about development with these guys. And and like I said, you know, it's, it'd be nice to compete for the playoffs, but the Lakers aren't going to actually, I don't think, compete for the playoffs. And they shouldn't make that a priority. It should just be everybody just get better as the season goes on. Uh, because we haven't seen that over the last two years with Byron at the he- at the helm. I went to Zubac's workout in Salt Lake. I liked him. He was he was good in that workout. How have the Lakers been beating people? <laughs> it's so I have a theory. Basically, the entire roster is 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 you know the the talent is dispersed pretty evenly throughout the roster. So what Luke Walton did was he figured out in the preseason and in the early season okay this is my absolute best lineup with Lou Williams with Brandon Ingram with Larry Nash Jr. it's their bench mob unit that and their bench has been better than everybody else's bench and what he did was he put together a starting unit that made sense they're the veterans out there and they kind of said all right just tread water against other NBA starters and then when our bench comes in and our bench is going to be basically as good as the starting unit but our bench is going to feast on other bench units that aren't going to be as good as our starting unit and what that's happened or you know when everybody was healthy 
the bench would come in with like a you know a five to seven point deficit, and they roll teams they'd roll other benches and they you know they'd go up by seven or eight points and nowadays because d'angelo russell is hurt and you go from d'angelo russell starting to jose calderon starting or now to tonight by the time everybody's listening to this it's going to be marcelo huerta starting and that five to seven point deficit has turned into 11 point deficits and that's tough for any bench to to make up for and they've struggled recently because of that but they've beaten everybody because their bench is just that much better than everybody so i talked about brandon ingram a lot from Mm -hmm. someone who hasn't watched him every night to you watching the number two pick every night what has impressed you the most what are your wow moments watching the number two pick every night he's so much better than i thought he was going to be defensively Rookies, rookies are never good defensively, and the Lakers were hoping that maybe he's, you know, replacement level uh, in terms of defense. But he's been better than defensive or uh, replacement level. He went up against Jimmy Butler the other night, played 41 minutes to ba- he basically mirrored Jimmy Butler because Butler played 40 minutes. Butler's been an MVP candidate this year, and Brandon Ingram basically went out and said, "Okay, I'll I'll accept this challenge," and he. Limited Butler to 22 points on, I think it was 18 shots and 15 free throws shot when you know because the Lakers were switching a bunch as well and and that I I did not see that coming and he's been able to do that he's been able to switch out onto to point guards every so often he's guarding guys as as low you know he's guarded a couple couple fours stretch fours he's been way better than I've advertised on defense and it's just a matter of when is the offense going to catch up. Is there a signature to a Luke Walton basketball team? It's it's they love playing basketball. Like I I, I took a vine the other night uh, at the a very what? end of the game of <laughs> a vine a little a little video. They uh, basically they they were up three and they're figuring out what they were going to do against the Bulls. The Bulls were taking their last shot and there's a video now of of Luke Walton. He's talking the guys through what they're going to do defensively and he's laughing. The guys are laughing while he's, you know, he's designing this defense and and it wasn't like the ironic laugh that I would imagine players gave last year when Byron would say, "Just give Kobe the ball and we go out there." And everybody just kind of like chuckled and say, "All right, great." This year he's the the everybody on that team just loves playing. And we've had multiple guys say they'd literally run through a wall for for Luke. And I would imagine Luke has told people not to run through walls because they have such injury problems. But they're playing so hard because they really like this guy. They've really bought into him. And and that, you know, it's completely intangible. But, yes, the, the signature is how much these guys like playing again. Awesome. They look good. I mean, I wrote down, I was looking at my notes. After every single one of our games, I write a – feature called Empty the Noggin, and -hmm. I was looking at my Empty the Noggin from Game 2, and I wrote, if the Lakers don't get beat down by losing, they are going to be a tussle for people every night. Yeah, yes, and and to their credit, they've had a couple tough losses, they've had a couple stretches where just the other, the talent that they're going up against is better than they are, especially when they deal with the injuries that they have recently. And uh, they they don't let themselves get down. The four or five game losing stretches that the Lakers went through last year aren't happening uh, this year. You know they'll lose a couple, and you'll kind of think, oh man, this feels like a schedule loss. And even if they do lose, it comes down to the final possession. They aren't getting blown out very often. I think they've only blown, gotten blown out one time or two times this year. 
and uh, and yeah, they just play hard. They love basketball, and they're 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 a fun group to watch. They're good kids too, which is as you've seen with Gordon Hayward is is as important as anything. That gives a good summary of the Lakers, so I'm set on that. 